You're listening to Just Asking with therapist Stephen Ng. It's a conversation on what we're all thinking about, but no one's talking about, our sexuality and how to manage it intelligently. Hi, I'm Stephen Ng, and you're listening to Asking for a Friend. And today I have the privilege of interviewing Courtney Smith-Kramer, author of 21 Reasons Creativity is Like Sex. Hi, Courtney. Hi. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Well, I have to tell you, let me, if you could just contain yourself while I gush for a minute. I wasn't exactly looking forward to reading your book because it's another task and I have plenty of tasks in front of me. <laughs> but I was given the book and, and encouraged. And so I went ahead and I read it. And I had such a good time. Yay! I had so much fun. I laughed out loud, of course. And uh, I was also really inspired by your book, I have to say, uh, with personal issues I'm facing. So it's it's something I'm really looking forward to talking to you about. And uh, so I'm glad you're here. Well, I'm glad that, you know, someone read my book, first of all. That was... <laughs> fantastic to hear. <laughs> well, you know, you don't know me at all, but I'm a therapist and a marriage and family therapist. And I make my living mostly by talking to people about sex. And the thing that usually goes on in my office is that people are really uncomfortable. Even most therapists, frankly, are uncomfortable talking about sexuality. I don't mean just intercourse, but the whole thing. And so when I read your book, and it's like page after page after page of this extended metaphor and comparing creativity to sex, I was just, that was just such a pleasure, I have to tell you. And so I have to ask you this question. Okay. I remember the section in the book where you said you were about to speak to the American Advertising uh, Federation, right? Yes. And you were taking a shower the night before trying to figure out what you were going to say. And somehow you decided you were going to compare creativity to sex. And that's where the idea came from. I'm not going to ask any pointed questions about what you were doing in the shower at that time. <laughs> but I do have to ask, I mean, it's one thing to, to be inspired to do one talk, but then for it to become a book, I, here's the question. I want to know, what is it that has happened in your life that helped you to get so comfortable with human sexuality? Oh, man. Let's unpack that, shall we? Please. Uh, <laughs> well, you first know, of so all... people would love to have that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. That's a very good question. Um, well, first of all, I, when, when, you, when you say... I decided that this was going to be what I was going to write about. I, I don't see it that way. I kind of think it was decided for me and the idea was placed into my head. <laughs> mm. So, so uh, I, I very openly was not doing anything sexual in the shower. I was truly um, really trying to solve this, this problem, you know, that I saw it's, it's the best place to solve problems in my opinion. And um, I've heard that from a lot of people actually go, oh, I do my best thinking in the shower. Yeah, for me, um, it's just asleep. Yeah, well, it, it's when it's when your your brain is allowed to wander in thought and have divergent thinking, um, right. which is which is when you know we can really come to new ideas. But um, to answer your your question, I I don't know. It's not like there was any you know 
big moment in my life where I was like, wow, I, th I feel very comfortable talking about this. I, I think it was because I was raised in the Midwest. I was born and raised in Michigan and my parents were very religious and I was also a super curious kid. And um, it's not that they didn't talk about it. It's just that it, it, well, I guess that they didn't talk about it. I guess that's kind of part of it. So I was really curious about it, but um, I, I think that I kind of at first liked the shock and awe of it all, you know, uh -huh. cause I always thought it was kind of funny to see like people's little, reactions, you know, yeah, like and saying a bad word or something. Yeah. You know, it was just like kind of funny to, to shock. And, and then as I, as I got curious about it and, you know, did my own, you know, well, at the time, I guess it was like the eighties. So this is before the internet. It's not like you can just look up stuff, but um, you know, coming across, you know, that, that awful, what was the name of that book? The joy of sex that all of uh, our yeah. parents had that illustrated book, which is actually what inspired me to draw my own illustrations in the book, which many people find super hilarious. Um, but anyway, um, I, I don't know. I just, over time, I just kind of thought, why, why is this an, forbidden subject for people to talk about and why are people taking it so seriously like it's kind of it's fun to talk about and it's funny you know and it can be a lot of fun and so I think just over time I just kind of thought uh maybe it just needed to be part of the story of creativity to to kind of reach out and grab people by the lapels and bring them a little closer you know to hopefully pique their own curiosity yeah, I, I I think it works. You know, your whole decision and the, the model that you came up with, it works so well. What's in hindsight kind of surprising about it is that I don't think anybody's really thought of it quite the same way before. Mm, well, that's cool. I'm happy to take ownership <laughs> over that. <laughs> yes, it is cool. It is very cool. <laughs> and it's very it's really good for you. So I I think for me. There were there were uh, a few details in the book that I still wish I had more of an explanation for. So, and I, I'd like to pick your brain for a minute. You know, we were talking about on this show we talk a lot about gender and gender equality and that kind uh -huh. of thing. What is up with the fact that only three percent of creative directors are women? Why do you think that oh, is? I mean, men. <laughs> Well, come on, careful, careful. careful. I, I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, just like any other uh, industry, there is a glass ceiling for women. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that it's probably that, that many, many companies that, that employ creative directors, I think, uh, are plucking from what they think are the best, which are the ones that have played the game and made their way up through, you know, large uh, advertising agencies and or creative firms. And, uh, there's just not a lot of women who pursue that. And I, I think it's probably the same story as in any other industry, which is women uh, oftentimes lack the continuity in their career because they go have families or they're the caregivers to their kids. And so they, they don't have that, you know, the, the continuous uh, opportunity to climb the ladder. I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's well, not that we're less creative than than anyone else. That's for sure. I mean, certainly be a lot less fart jokes if there's more women in in top level creative positions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess for me as a man, and I'll self identify as a man, right? 
Um, I think that the the surprising thing is that in a field that is ultimately mostly about marketing, there would be resistance to an idea that is so integral to marketing that to have that diversity of opinion and that diverse uh, point of view and considering that more than half your customers are going to be women, it does seem like we'd want to cherry pick some really great creative women to be up there at the top. Yeah, well, not everyone thinks like you and I do, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I I totally agree and would even add to that that I would say, you know, 80% of women have the, the majority of the buying power decision-making within a, fi a family. So you would think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that it would just be a smart fiscal business decision for an ad agency to tap into the storytelling point of view of a woman. Um, I, I think probably, you know, let, let's put gender identification aside and just even add from an energetic point of view, just that sort of divine feminine point of view, mm -hmm. uh, which can be, you know, come from a, a man or a woman, I, I think, but I, I don't know. And certainly trying to do my part to change, you know, that percentage in the, the positive direction, but um, I, I mentioned in my book that Kat Gordon is doing a fantastic job um, with her 3% conference, um, right. also helping to change that. And um, she's a fantastic uh, woman, a creative woman. And uh, so everyone listening to this, please go and support her. Look her up, Kat with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm, I have a, a question too about page 202, which I don't have to... Uh, Recite it from memory. I'll read it to you. It says, I'm human. I have an imagination. And that allows me to be uniquely creative at anything I care about. Amen. It's, it's signed off. Love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a reminder that everyone, this needs to be a mantra that people need to tell themselves. You know, we, uh, uh, in our house, uh, we talk a lot about what it means to be human and, um, my husband and business partner, I think I mentioned here, um, he wrote a book called There's No B2B or B2C. It's, it's human to human, H to H, um, right. which, is, which is just about, uh, from a marketing perspective, speaking to human beings on that emotional level, which we all share equally. <laughs> you know, we all, we all have emotions, we experience emotions, and this is what bonds us together as a common race. And, and so I, I want people to remember that they all have an imagination. Being creative is their innate right and gift um, just by the nature of being human. So don't ever forget it, <laughs> you, you know, that everyone. Was, that was so <laughs> encouraging when you said that in your book, that we all have the capacity to be creative simply because we're human. That's right. I, I really found that encouraging. I do have, uh, I have time to ask you one last question and and it's, it was also um, something you brought up in your book that we need to learn how to face our fears. Do you remember oh. saying something like that? Okay. So when it comes to creativity, I guess that would refer to speaking up, speaking out and, and saying what it is you're thinking, or at least communicating in some way. What about, you said it also applied to sex. So for, you know, I, there are so many people who listen to these podcasts wondering, exactly that how did she get so comfortable how can i get comfortable the way courtney is how can i face my fears because it's one thing to say that advice 
but it's another thing to actually like operationalize that if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah that's a really good question well i let's just talk about the sex part of it yeah so um and I don't even know if I'm really great at this in my own, you know, super safe, secure marriage, <laughs> because there are there are a lot of um, fears in a relationship because you risk being rejected, right? Um, and you're afraid to be rejected, and and I think um, the only way to to get past that is just to have an open conversation with your partner, um, just to say, hey. I you like I don't want to freak you out or I was thinking about this or I'm feeling this. You know, I'm feeling like I might want to explore this. How do you what do you think about that? How do you think about that? So and, definitely finding some safe way to bring up the subject. Can yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, I it's certainly, you know, hey, like showing up, you know, full fully like wanting to to try something or experiment something without letting your partner know that they're in on something. <laughs> I, I, that sounds risky to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think it would be. Yeah. But I think I it's know. all, risky. I guess it's all risky because uh, no matter what you can get judged, you can get rejected. But what you're saying is you can make it as safe as you can, but you still at some point have to plunge in. That's what she said. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think otherwise it's just going to be harbored away as as a secret fantasy for the rest of your life. And we're, we're all here, you know, presumably, at least we only remember one life, you know, that, that we're here. And uh, so whatever you have, what do you have to lose? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, facing those fears is such a hard thing. But you know what? I just want to say thank you very much. Courtney for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I wish we could talk for for longer because it's it's really fun getting your point of view. I feel the same way. Maybe we should do it again sometime before too, too long goes by. And I, I really genuinely mean that. I'm not just being polite because we're on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> for those who are listening, if you care to jump in on the conversation or ask me or today, Courtney, a uh, question, go ahead and tweet us at Stephen Ng MFT.